Welcome to The Drive with Josh Downs, a faith-based coaching podcast where I'll share weekly thoughts, principles, insights, and more, all designed to help you build a better self, to better love yourself, so that you can better become all you were meant to be. Hey everybody, happy Monday, happy first week of summer. (laughs) Ah, we made it through another school year (laughs) for, for some of us. That last week at school has always been one of my favorites, uh, both as a student and as a teacher, <laughs> because yeah, you know, everybody looks forward to the summer and having a little bit of downtime, being able to relax a little bit more, uh, having some of the, the stresses and, and pressure uh, of school, certainly, and then other things um, lessened a little bit. Uh, until the end of summer, and then by then everybody is is ready, especially parents, right, to get back to some structure and to some normalcy and to be able to see their kids start getting up a little bit earlier and, and staying up hopefully a little later. Well, the other day my, my girls and I were talking about some of our favorite movies that we love to watch during the summer, and there was a movie that came up that I hadn't actually seen before. It's a movie called The Sandlot. <laughs> for many of you, I imagine that your reaction to hearing that would probably be similar to what my girls were, because when I told them that I hadn't seen that movie before, they were like, wait, what, Dad? You haven't seen The Sandlot? They were surprised that a movie that was older than them, I had not yet seen, especially when it's been one that they've come to really enjoy watching. Uh, well, needless to say, we ended up watching it that same night, and it was a pretty funny movie, and I could see why it really made for a good good summer movie. It really is all about kids getting together and just having fun and going on adventures and trying to get a ball back from a dog and and playing a game that they all love, which is baseball. One of the iconic figures that is a hero to each of those boys and that in a way helps save the day for them is the legendary Babe Ruth. The Great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Cloud, I think he was referred to as in the movie. Well, I was able to relate to that movie in more ways than one because I knew exactly what that poor kid was going through at the beginning of the movie that clearly didn't know the first thing about baseball or how to play baseball, but just wanted so badly to fit in. My father was a great baseball player. He played for Weber State as a pitcher and most likely would have played professionally had he not been in a a car accident on his mission that ended up breaking his back and and kind of keeping him from pursuing that any further. Well, my first year playing baseball was much like the kids in the movie. Uh, It was an absolute nightmare. I thought that it would come natural to me because my father was so good at it, but no, that was not the case. I started playing a little bit later than most of the kids that were in the league for whatever reason. I think I was maybe involved in soccer and and basketball, a few other things. And then to make matters worse, the league that I joined, I ended up being one of the youngest in that league as well, which again, didn't help. I basically ended up going the entire season without getting a single hit. And that is not an easy feat to do, but it's one that I was able to accomplish There was one game in particular that I will never forget because I must have struck out maybe five or six times. It's it's kind of uncommon to get up that many times, but a game went to extra innings. It was relatively close game back and forth, but there were a lot of hits, so a lot of at-bats, and I ended up getting up five or six times, and every single time 
I struck out. I was in tears just by the end of that game, knowing how much I'd let my team down. I'll, I'll never forget the last time or two walking up to the plate, walking past my teammates in the dugout, and just watching their heads kind of drop as they knew, here comes downs, an automatic out for us. And that was so hard to go through and to experience as a young person. Like I said, I was in tears by the end of the game. And it wasn't just that. I, I continually dropped balls in the outfield, even though I was put in right field, which if you know anything about baseball, right field is typically where a coach will put someone when they don't want that person to, to see a lot of action. <laughs> but somehow I still found a way to let my team down even there. By the end of the season, I was certain that I never wanted to play baseball again, ever. I wasn't going to do it. Which brings me back to Babe Ruth, the great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Cloud. See, Babe Ruth once said that it's simply hard to beat a person who never gives up. A lesson that I had not learned at the time, but one that I was about to. See, Babe Ruth, just like in baseball, it was his actions that always spoke louder than his words. And his life was a living testament to that statement, which is one of the reasons I've come to love that quote. It really has inspired me on many occasions to not give up as well, especially when I wanted to give up. When a person possesses the ability to persevere, even when the going gets tough, even when things get hard, well, that person becomes unstoppable. And this can really relate to anything in life, whether it's business, relationships, a learned skill or hobby, or even faith for that matter. The truth is that that quote and everything that it embodies, that mindset is what has pushed me and encouraged my will to succeed more than most anything else. It truly is that simple to succeed over others when you have that sort of mindset because it's more common to give up and to give in than it is to persevere until you win. I just coined that phrase. You're welcome to use it. Um, there are several actions that I take personally to ensure that I'm living out of this mindset to the best of my ability. And these actions hold me accountable for my success and my perseverance. And these actions are not unique, but they are tried and true and, and I believe will stand the test of time. And they provide a good starting framework to increase your ability to persevere and to move you closer to success in whatever you're trying to do. And the very first thing I teach people to do is to figure out where you stand, what you want, and then resolve to stay there until you get it. When you get clear on who you are and what you stand for, you will not align with doing anything that will keep you from being that and from accomplishing that, from having that. You will become steadfast and immovable, as the scriptures say, because you know clearly who you are and what you stand for. But until you get to that place, it will be a lot easier for you to be moved. It'll be a lot easier for you to quit and give up and give in. So figure out where you stand and what direction your moral compass points and then find a place to start and stay to give your perseverance a chance to bring you the success that you want. Also, I always recommend to find a mentor, to pick their brain and then to pick it again. Mentors in business and, and in life are one of the greatest resources that exist. And I know it's human nature, at least for a lot of us guys, to not ask for directions. But why in the world would we want to miss out on learning something from someone who's done what we want to do or has been where we want to go? Mentors are often in positions of leadership and they've most likely been in your shoes. These 
coaches and mentors possess the, the wisdom to manage the stress that comes along with the high levels of responsibility and uh, help you to adapt to seasons of change. Until you can understand how to handle inevitable stress and the unexpected challenges that will come your way, it will be hard to keep going and to not quit and to not give in. These challenges will lead you to a screeching halt, which will only hinder your ability to keep progressing and growing. Yet mentors are one of the greatest resources we have available to us. We just fail to use them, I believe, to the full potential that that they can provide us. And finally, I've come to understand that success is not a product of creativity or genius. And it's important to understand that. Because as a society, we are too quick to attribute successful people and businesses to a creative idea or a genius mind, something that somebody's just born with, which is clearly not what we have. (laughs) Well, creativity and genius are admirable. They're certainly well-received elements. And some of that does come into play. However, talent and outside-of-the-box thinking alone do not automatically create success. And I have seen that over and over again. Because without hard work and perseverance and persistence, Creativity and and genius really mean just about nothing. Determination and a refusal to quit are the underdogs that deserve the most attention, but yet receive the least amount of attention. And if you look at any true inspiring success story, a huge part of that was something that someone was willing to do, but do it in a way that required incredibly hard work and to keep doing that work even when they didn't want to. I may have shared this before, but it was just one of those things I've come to learn to look for in any really story of success. I was at a Thomas Rhett concert last summer, and the place was packed. He's made a a huge name for himself. The crowd was there for him, not for any of his opening acts. You could tell that he had arrived. And as a part of his monologue with the audience, he made mention that it had been a long time since he'd been to Utah. In fact, he, he referenced that I haven't been here to Utah since 2007. And as a part of that monologue, he said the last time I was here in 2007, I was here as an opening act for Toby Keith. If any of you remember Toby Keith from back in the 90s country days. And but then he went on, just said, it's so great to be back here. and, And you're such a great crowd. And he went on and on. I think most people missed what he had just said and really what he had just taught about his journey and his process, and the processes he went through to get the success that he is now experiencing and enjoying. I, I did the, the math roughly in my head, and it was about 15 years, I think, was about right. What I heard him say is that he had been doing this and working at this to get to this point for the past 15 years. 15 years ago, he was just an opening act that very few people knew. But over the course of, of those 15 years, he had put enough time, energy, perseverance and hard work into his craft and into his dreams that now here he was the headline act uh, at, a, at a major venue and concert and and I reference that often as I teach principles of success because not only was it a 15-year journey who knows the untold amount of time and, and even years prior to that just to get to the point to be an opening act He could very well have been doing this, working on his craft and persevering and doing the hard work for well over 20 to 25 years to have gotten there. Nobody wants to hear that story. We want to see the success and we want it instantly and and quickly, but that is not the path to it. It's up to each of us 
to find the grit within ourselves and run with it and keep running with it until we get what we want. Once you come to understand that no one will do it for you, you begin to really do the work yourself. Success in life and business and school and sports and even marriage requires you to push through the tough times and there will be tough times. To achieve the desired result, we have to go through a lot. We can all learn to look forward to achieving our goals, but I really believe we can also learn to appreciate the journey and the strength that you will develop within yourself to get to that place. The most important aspect of life growth, I believe, is just that. It's growth. Because when you stop growing, we stop living. It doesn't matter what destination we get to. We will become restless if we stay there too long. I've referenced before uh, an interview that 60 Minutes did with Tom Brady after winning several Super Bowl championships to which he referenced this kind of concept when he was asked, well, you've just basically accomplished everything that has been set before you that is possible in the world of football. What's next for Tom Brady? He made some kind of a comment like, gosh, I don't know. I I can't help but think there's just got to be more to life than this, which for the rest of us mere mortals, uh, that seems like the the top of the mountain, right? The tip of the iceberg. How could life get any better than that? But we are not wired that way. We're not wired to get to a destination and then be done. We are wired for growth. That is where we find the greatest sense of purpose and fulfillment in life. So when you realize the importance to keep going, even when you feel like maybe it isn't worth it or you can't, well, you're more than halfway there. Your mindset is the biggest hurdle, and once you find your grit, the easy part is carrying it out in your actions. Although perseverance and sweat and tears may not be the most glamorous or exciting trait to have, it will get you further than anything else. When a person does not give up, they naturally keep advancing and keep getting better. Most people will give up at some point or another, often for the reason of just feeling tired or uninspired by what they're doing. I've been there multiple times myself. But when I get there, I remind myself to be the person who doesn't give up and know that I'll surpass all the people who do in just a matter of time. The race is long and the ones who keep running eventually surpass all those who stop, no matter their pace or the hurdles that they face. As the scriptures say, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. And again, it is expedient that he should be diligent, that thereby he might win the prize. Although that's certainly speaking about heavenly things, I think it can very easily be applied to earthly things and physical things as well. After all, as the late and great baseball legend points out, it's tough to beat someone who just keeps going. Now that by itself is a great life lesson, but there is something more that most don't know about Babe Ruth. A part of his story that few focus on because, well, they're so busy admiring his accomplishments in baseball that they don't look at what he went through to get there. They don't want to see or they don't try to see as much of the journey as what they should. But his accomplishments in in baseball really pale in comparison to what he accomplished in life and where he himself learned the value of that statement that he gave. There is also a power that we have access to that is even stronger than our own mental toughness and mindfulness, as strong as that is and can be. I remember reading a talk recently from Michael A. Dunn, a leader of my faith, that referenced a great life lesson from Babe Ruth. And he shared a few things about him that I never knew personally that I have come to love and admire about him. On September 30th, 1927, 
George Herman Ruth, commonly known as Babe Ruth, hit a record-breaking 60th home run of the year. And yet, Babe Ruth could rightly also be considered the most unlikely hero of the 20th century, despite these really lofty accomplishments. He said Ruth was born to immigrant parents. He often skipped school and looked for trouble as a kid, and his mother died from tuberculosis. He was even deemed incorrigible, or bad, and impossible to change or improve. And he was sent to St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys, a Catholic orphanage for runaways and delinquents. So what changed for him? How did he turn such a difficult situation into something and someone to be admired and respected and adored? Literally a living legend. Well, the baseball icon had the help of a man known as Brother Matthias. Matthias was a priest at the orphanage who paid attention to Ruth, played baseball with him, and eventually realized his skill at the sport. Many years later, Ruth's daughter said, When Babe was 23 years old, the whole world loved him. When he was 13 years old, only Brother Matthias loved him. <laughs> Elder Dunn said, I am comforted that our very just and very merciful God promises that the last shall be first. In a very unique and divine reordering of probabilities, unfairnesses, and even disadvantages, God's power is both within us and very much within our reach. That was the power that Babe Ruth really tapped into. God was aware of him and put in his place the right person at the right time to do the right thing to help him become the best version of himself that he could be. But he also had to have that ability to endure, that ability to persevere and to push through the hard. Choosing to not give up is so much easier when we choose to have a relationship with God because with him, as he says, all things are possible. I can do all things in Christ. Fear not, for with God nothing is impossible. In his strength I can do all things. Are just but a few of the lessons that many have, have said and witnessed to as they've incorporated God into their life, into whatever it is that they were doing. We all need a Brother Matthias and can choose to be a Brother Matthias, encouraging and supporting and lifting each other and pointing them to the source of our greatest strength and accomplishments, that being God. My father's always been my brother Matthias, and when I wanted to quit baseball, he didn't let me. He encouraged me to keep going, to persevere, and to keep trying. As much as I wanted to quit, he was the reason that I didn't. He helped me commit to getting better, and he helped me believe in myself that I could. And I made the decision that that was what I wanted as well. And I wasn't going to move until I did get better. And he became my mentor as well, giving me advice and working with me every day that summer, hitting tennis balls in our circle in an effort to improve. That circle in many ways became my own private sandlot, the place where I loved to be and play baseball with my dad. And an amazing thing happened. Because I persevered, kept going, and continued to work hard, I succeeded. That next season, I not only started to hit the ball, but I hit my first home run in my very last game and made the all-star team for the league that year. The last had literally, in my situation, become first. But the real test for me was still yet to come, and it came when I was told that we would have our all-star practice on a Sunday. And I had personally committed to not play on Sunday and to keep that day set apart. See, I had made that decision 
to respect my Heavenly Father on that day, and I didn't want to move from it. And so when I told my coach I couldn't make it to that practice on Sunday, but I could to all the others, I expected that he would understand. (laughs) However, he did not. And he told me that that would be fine, but that if I missed any practice, I wouldn't play at all in the All-Star game. Oh boy, for a minute, I doubted myself and my decision to take a stand to keep the Sabbath day free from worldly pursuits. I really wanted to play in that all-star game, especially with where I came from and everything I'd been through to get there. But I decided to hold my ground. I knew where I stood and what I wanted, and so I missed that practice. And sure to his word, he didn't play me in that game. In fact, I sat on that bench all game, pretty discouraged until the very last inning when, for whatever reason, my coach decided to give me a chance. He said, Downs, go ahead, you're on deck. He was going to at least let me play that the last inning and, and try to hit. Well, I ended up hitting my second home run <laughs> that at-bat. And as I rounded the base as happy as could be, I caught my coach just shaking his head in disapproval, thinking that he had failed to teach me a valuable life lesson. But unbeknownst to him, I had been taught the greatest lesson of success that I could ever learn. And that is simply when you put God first, everything will fall into its proper place or drop out of our lives. When you mix perseverance with God, that's when you truly become unstoppable, steadfast, and immovable. So this week, as you continue to push yourself and this summer to accomplish your dreams and your goals, remember two things. One, it's hard to beat a person who never gives up, but it's impossible to beat a person who never gives up and who puts God first in their life. I hope that's helpful this week, and I hope you go out and make a difference in whatever that you're doing, and you persevere until you get to where you want to be, and then you keep going some more. Remember, we can never stop learning because, well, life never stops teaching. We will be in a growth pattern throughout our entire life. And if I can be of any help to you in any way to accomplish that, whether it be individual mentoring or coaching or providing workshops or training for any of your companies and your employees, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and let me know because this is what I do and this is what I find the greatest joy in. I love seeing others reach their full potential and accomplish whatever hopes and dreams they have for themselves. I hope after listening today that you'll remember Uh, a little bit better, that it's hard to beat a person who never gives up. Well, thanks for listening today. You guys have a great week. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to The Drive.